another day. All right, let's ride. This ride number 59, Black Out the Host. Shout out to Rush the 59 for the album Booker Ryan, great album. Hopefully it's in somebody's countdown list at the end of the year. Maybe mine. I might do a little something like that because I'm corny and I'm trash. But since I'm talking about music, I might as well go ahead and start with that. And what I want to talk about real quick and brief is the Grammys. Apparently hip hop is dominating a lot of the Grammy nominations this year. But my big thing is, should we care? Should we really care who gets nominated for Grammys? Because when you're talking about hip-hop, when you're really talking about hip-hop, you're talking about music based on the street. And I don't know the process for deciding who has the greatest album of the year or whatever, but I know what the streets are saying, and I know what the Grammys are saying. But it usually isn't the same thing. It doesn't jive. Like, they got a couple right. I know they got Nipsey in there, but there's no KOD. The J. Cole album. There's no Kids on Drug album. There's no J-Rock. J-Rock had an incredible album. They do have the Black Panther soundtrack in there. That was pretty good. I didn't listen to it enough, but it's pretty good. But I'm like, how do you not have J. Cole in there? The album produced, written by himself for the most part, but you don't have him in there as KO, with the KOD album. It doesn't make sense to me. It's like, who's making these selections? And I'm going to guess it's based on commercial success but I don't think Nipsey had all that commercial success like that I'm not 100% sure but I do know there's always people who get left out when they should have been included if you look at uh, when um, Macklemore won when Kendrick Lamar should have won and then look at where they are now you know what I mean and Kendrick I think is leading with like 8 nominations and Macklemore is nowhere to be fucking seen it just blows my mind every time I think about that shit. It's like, who was sitting in this room deciding this? And immediately, the mind goes to older white people. And I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I got a feeling that I'm right. And I'm guessing they're just looking at spins and shit. Because you know Drake is going to be nominated every year. He put out an album. He probably had, depending on how you feel about it, the summer song of the year. So, I mean, if you... If you really dig into it, it's just, they're just naming popular people. And they'll get it right every now and again when they do like a Nipsey. And I don't know if it's because maybe Nipsey has more, he's more media savvy. He's out there more. He's doing different things. I know he's running around with Karen Civil, and she's helping him out a lot. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe they actually listened to the content and got some feedback. And somehow J-Rock and, and J. Cole just didn't make it. But I got to go back and look and see what's in there because... I remember reading through it, and there was at least one bullshit album in there where they lumped something else in there. But, yeah, I know Drake was going to be in there with that. In my feeling, shit, that song was too huge. And there may be a different song of the summer. I had it on the tip of my tongue. I fucking forgot it. But if I remember it later on this podcast, I'll let you guys know what it is. Because, um, for me, I don't think Drake's album is up there like that. It's a good album, good quality. Probably would have been better if he took some songs off. I think that's most people's gripe with it. But I don't know if it's if I'm going to put that in front of KOD. 
And there's no hate towards Drake. I think he's great. I think he's phenomenal. He usually puts together good albums, but I don't know. If you ask me, I'm putting KOD in over that. Because KOD, I listen to him like, okay, this is it. This is dope. Especially with songs like 1985, talking to the youngsters. Like, I think it's, I think it has this place in there, but I could be wrong. And, like, Booker Ryan wasn't nominated. I mentioned that earlier. That was a great album. If you're talking about hip-hop, hip-hop, like, I don't know if they're taking that into account because I don't know how J-Rock don't get in there. But it is what it is. But then, like, my song of the summer that I thought was was Sicko Mode, even though it came late. That's Travis Scott's song, for those who don't know. The thing is, Drake's featured on that. So I guess it all it all goes hand in hand, who had the bigger effect. But I know Travis Scott's album is still rocking right now. Like, it has a high replay value. And I don't know how long this uh, Drake wave is going gonna, is gonna to go for this year. I mean, not career-wise, obviously, but... We shall see. But they did get at least the Travis Scott part right because that album is um pretty good. And this is coming from somebody who listens more to the hip-hop side. Like, I'm I'm still trying to break down the Mick Jenkins album, and you had Lupe come out, and there's somebody else who I'm forgetting. Um, Meek shit just came out, and um, there's going to be a discussion for verse of the year coming off that album, off the song uh, that Jay-Z's on because Jay-Z killed that shit. And you had the Carter's album come out. And I know there's something I'm forgetting. Wayne's album came out. Logic put out a good project. Mac Miller was in there. He had a good album. Rest in peace to him. We'll see, though, man. We'll see how it shakes out in the, all in the end or who's going to get what. But I'm I'm expecting some bullshit because that's the nature of the beast when it comes to the Grammys. It just be like that. The other thing I wanted to speak to you guys about real quick is, like, the shit that's going on in the news. It's crazy, man. Cohen, Papadopoulos, Manafort, Kelly. Who is fucking next? Who is next? Now, the man in charge is doing exactly what you expect the child to do when they're in a situation, when all their friends get in trouble, but the one common denominator is them. So all these people are falling off, and they're going away, and they're going to get jail time, and or they're getting punished some some type of way because that boy Mueller, he said he didn't even want John Kelly to get jail time because of how he, co- he cooperated. So not Kelly, but the other fucking general, the one who got, um I forgot his goddamn name, the one who was talking about lock her up and all that shit. But, um yeah, he said he didn't even want homeboy to get jail time because of how he cooperated. So you know he's about to rat. <laughs> you just know. It is what it is, and it's just so many things that that happen, and so many things that have happened with this guy. People around him just just falling off, left and right, left and right, left and right. It, it tells you a lot. If you look at um, Rex Tillerson supposedly called this guy an idiot, or a fucking idiot, or a moron, or some shit like that. These are, this is the former head of state that you appointed. This is somebody you had on your team, and here here Mike McCarthy is after winning the fucking Super Bowl. And leading the fucking uh, Green Bay Packers to almost, I would say, continuously, consecutively winning the division championship. He's getting fired after a bad season and a half. He's gone. But we got this guy as our president. And I fucking hate the Green Bay Packers with a passion. Mark McCarthy really gets no love for me. But to see him fired and to see this idiot still have his job is like, wow. Wow, wow, wow.
man. And now you got John Kelly leaving at the end of the year. It's like, come on, man. What more do we need? What more do we need to see that this person is, is, is in bad shape and has made a lot of terrible decisions? Because as a person who now considers himself in the middle, as I say all the time, it's because that's where I see myself now. I see the game media plays, and I don't want to be pigeonholed to think in one type of way when I can be in a space where I'm open to make my own informed decision. So I'll call it, I'm in the middle, I lean left because shit that they say on the left to me makes sense. But my issue with the left is, don't be so soft all the time. Don't be so kind all the time. Be able to go out there and talk that shit. That's why that young girl who just got, a, who just got elected is going, she's going to be buzzing for a while. That's why somebody like Chris Como on CNN is successful because he's not letting them come in there with that shit and talk how they want to talk and just being nice and being kind. He's going to call them out on their bullshit, which I can appreciate. Because Fox News with Laura Ingraham and all them, they're going to say what the fuck they want to say. Because they know, that's cool. If I'm going to get fired from here, there's a there's other media for me to do. They're going to immediately be on the internet. They're going to, there's going to be a podcast, because I'm pretty sure there already is one. And then it's going to be radio. They have things to fall back on, because they created this core, core audience that's going to do and listen to everything they say. These motherfuckers, like Hannity was talking about throwing out Kerrigan shit. You know what they did? They was out there destroying shit. They said something about burning Nikes. These motherfuckers out there burning Nikes. It's crazy. It's like minorities and these rappers. That's how I look at Fox News. They say do it. Everybody's like, yep, I'm going to go fucking do it. Like the power of media cannot be underestimated. But it's just it's a weird thing to watch when you step back from it you take a break. And then you see the shit on both sides, like CNN is going to pan it to the left, Fox News is going to pan it to the right, and it's just like, man, if I only watch one, what am I really getting? What am I really getting? But with this, this president, it's so obvious that there is something wrong. You have this many people being prosecuted, this many people going to jail, and you are the central point, you are the X factor. You are the constant. Something is fucking wrong. And then people will deny it. That's why I say I don't have an issue with Republicans. Believe what you believe. I have an issue with Trump supporters. Because when you say you're a Trump supporter, to me you're not saying you're a Republican. You're saying you're behind Trump. And you're going to support everything he does. He's going out his way, maybe on accident, to present himself as a terrible person. Point blank period. He's going out of his way to present himself as a terrible person. And we've all watched this unfold on our media. And we just absorbed it. And it says a lot about people. And I'm going to get into something else later on. It says a lot about people and what they pick and choose to believe. And how they feel about shit. Somebody else um, posted on Facebook. She posted something about Michelle Obama. And Michelle Obama said... She had like imposter syndrome. She had imposter syndrome, excuse me, where she always, even after everything she accomplished, she always made it, made herself feel like she wasn't that smart. Like, oh, I don't feel like I'm, like I really deserve this. This isn't real. Even after everything she's accomplished, going to Princeton and Harvard, like, after all that, 
she feels like it's not really her. She's not really that smart, not really that accomplished. And I can understand that. Like, okay, you don't feel real. It don't. It doesn't feel real. Okay, cool. And she's all in the, you know, in her little Facebook post, like sucking up Buttercup, this time the third, da 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 da, whatever. And I'm thinking, like, really. And me, you know, me being the jokester I am on Facebook, I was like, well, if it wasn't Milana, you wouldn't have said this. She didn't say anything. Didn't even acknowledge it. Because if you want to talk about imposter syndrome, we can really talk about that goddamn speech that she ripped off from Michelle Obama. Which is really uh, crazy. And shout out to her for having like a, a best-selling book. I think that's phenomenal. Do your thing, do your thing, Shell, do your thing. We in the black community love you, no matter how much they try to tear you down. Because of all the shit that she's been through. And to me, she's a remarkable individual. She took the, I think she took the, the lead, took the mantle as the top black woman in the world right now. Um, I think Kamala Harris is moving up. <laughs> but I'm, I'm giving you, I don't even have a top five, which is sad. I'm going to have to fix that. I know there's a top five. But I'm going to give you my top three black women in the world right now. Michelle Obama, Beyonce, Oprah top three black women in the world that I'm currently aware of, that I'm aware of. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's my top three right now. Um, there's some other people I can throw in there, business-wise, but I'm focusing on these top three because Beyonce is going to be there one day. She's not there. People may think she's been there, but she's not there. As far as, like, regard, global regard, she ain't there. She's always going to be underneath Oprah. Oprah's top black woman in the world. Until Michelle Obama rose to prominence. Until Michelle Obama. She was the one because she's the money. She did everything from the ground up. I listened to something about Oprah and it's, it's, the, it's dope how she got to where she was. I think I think it was a podcast that had one called Making Obama and then one Making Oprah. And it, it talks about how she got from where she was, how it was one audition, how she used to be in the news and she built her whole empire. It's dope. I'm going to get more into it. And I tell you guys about it. But Oprah's story is fucking fantastic. If you think about everything she's done for people. But Oprah and Michelle Obama are just fantastic black women. I'm so glad that I have this example for my kids. To see what she dealt with. And how she was able to to hear all the negative things and tune all that shit out. And still going to be a positive person is, is great. And I think her physical fitness thing is something she probably went through herself. And then once she got into it, that's what she pushed out as her as her thing for the, you know, um, for the youth. As you know, the first lady always has her thing she does. So the floatus was the shit. Um, I don't, still don't know what Melania's doing. Um, I think it's something anti-bullying or some shit like that, which is ironic. But she don't even care. So whatever. But yeah, um, to, to get back to the Trump shit, it just amazes me the amount of people that are able to block out everything to support this. And you know what? It shouldn't. It shouldn't even amaze me. Because if you think about all our entertainment and our culture, they say this is toxic, this is toxic, this is toxic. People pick and choose shit. No, the culture as a whole right now is toxic. Being a dick is the greatest thing you can be in American culture. If you think I'm lying, if you think I'm lying, I'll give you one name. I'll give you one name, and it'll prove my point. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin, hyper-popular rapper. I mean, not rapper, excuse me, wrestler when I was a kid. Still popular to this day. 
his character was a complete asshole. Drink beer at work, beat up boss, cuss, flip people off, do what the fuck you want to do, be a renegade, be rebellious. Probably one of the most popular wrestlers of all time. You still see people wearing Austin 316 shirts. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Now, this is a made-up fictional character that this guy's portraying. But that imagery, us as Americans, like being, being sarcastic and all that shit, that's what we're drawn to. Jerks. It's our culture. It's fucked up, but that's just the truth. It ain't in our culture to be, you know, soft and friendly and shit like that. And that's what I think the Democrats fail at, and that's where the Republican side, that's where they excel at. They're willing to say shit that will probably get you punched in the face, and that's my biggest issue with, with a bunch of them, especially the media outlets. Like, I'm the type of person that's like, listen, don't say it to me if you wouldn't say it when I was in the same space. And it may be, it could be perceived as weakness to some people, like, oh, you can't take somebody saying something to you. It's like, to me, it's like dishonesty. I don't want to be fucking lied to. So don't be in a space where you feel comfortable saying some shit that you know that you wouldn't feel comfortable saying it to you to me if I was in that same space. That's my thing. Don't say it if you wouldn't be comfortable saying it in my presence. And that's what I feel a lot of them do when it comes to issues about minority and issues with um, left-wing politicians. Because my thing is, like, would you feel okay saying that about the last president, Barack Obama, would you say it to his face? Would you say it to his face? Just you and him in the room, would you say it to his face? Everything I'm saying right now, no consequences, I'd say it to that person's face. That's just me. But I come for something different. It's like you wouldn't be confrontational, but to a point. Like, nah, nah, fam. I'm not, I'm not buying that. And that's why I like certain people with certain shows. Um, I think Stone on Fox News, he tends to be a real a real person. There's always that one on either network that can go either way, that can that can grab the mindset of somebody from the opposite party. I think he's that guy on Fox. And I would say Chris Como is that guy on um CNN. But it's just it just depends on what you're looking for. And me, I, I, I need balance. But for this 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 uh dumpster fire we have as a presidency right now, it makes me angry to see people just get behind and support it. And that, that's when I'm, this is I'm going to tie something else in. If you look at, if you go back to sports and you look at Kareem Hunt in his situation, and how it was a big media story for all of two days, and then you look at the Kaepernick situation, and how that's been a story for years. It's an ongoing story. It's still a story right now. And I'm just trying to see how we got to a point where somebody doing something completely legal that's not going to hurt anybody. And then not to shit on Kareem Hunt because I want him to be back in the league at some point. This guy actually got into a physical altercation with a white woman, which is blowing my mind right now that this isn't like still in the news. He got into a physical altercation with a woman. The pushing and shoving shit, I could, I could have probably got past, but he fucked up when he kicked in the ass. Keeping the buck. Like, was she wrong? I believe she was 100% wrong. But I also believe he was more wrong because he's trained for those situations. She is not. That girl was 19 years old. That's a fucking child. 
in my brain. She's that's a baby. But she was dead wrong for being there in, in that um, in that situation and for her part in that situation. She was 100 percent wrong, but nobody knows her fucking name. The name we know is Kareem Hunt. And if you put these two situations next to each other, him and Kaepernick, and the amount of people that were giving people shit on the Internet about Kaepernick and Kareem Hunt is crazy. And I even put it out there. I said, it's really weird that all the energy that went towards Cap is nowhere, nowhere near that for Kareem Hunt. And I got hit with the, you know, he came out, he apologized and all that shit. That's a bunch of bullshit. That's copping the plea. That's giving people out, in my opinion. It's not, it's not going to cut it for me. He was apologetic. No, nah, I don't want to hear that shit. Tell the truth. They don't give a shit. They don't care. They saw the video. They know what's up. They knew he didn't brutalize that girl. Tell the truth. They care more about that goddamn flag and what it's supposed to represent than they do about the people actually in the fucking country. The flag is more of a trigger than the fucking citizens, which is weird. Beyond fucking weird. And I just don't understand the disconnect for some people. And maybe it's not for me to understand. Maybe it's not. But I will acknowledge it and I will address it. So I put that up and then all the people that wanted all the smoke for Kaepernick and this, that, and the third, and da, 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 completely fucking silent. Completely silent. Didn't say a goddamn thing. And while I hope they both end up in the league, I don't give a damn if they play on the same team. I don't care if they play on my team. It just goes to show how fucked up our country is and how toxic shit really is inside the country with how we perceive shit. And I just wanted to get that off my chest because it was bothering me. And um, like I tell people, this is therapy for me. I, I get in my car and talk to myself. I push out ideas and then I see how people perceive it and whatever. They're like the eight people or one person who listens to this shit every week. But it's out there. And for me, it's just it's comforting to know that, hey, if I ever leave, People will hear me, they'll have my voice. Like I said a couple podcasts ago, because I had a friend that passed away, and it was something I read or saw about people, like, forgetting your voice years after you die, generations or whatever, but I don't want that. I don't take a lot of pictures, but at least these audio files that I'm putting all out throughout the world, whatever, you'll at least have my opinion. You'll be able to hear my voice. It's something crazy was to happen. It's just, it's a small part of why I do what I do. I'm not getting paid. It's actually cost me money, but it is what it is, man. I'm going to move on to something else real quick, and then I'm going to shut this thing down. And I'm going back to sports, and I'm talking about somebody I talked about a whole lot last year, and that's going to be Lonzo Ball. Now, with everything going on with the L.A. Lakers, everything that happened with him in the offseason, with his knee situation, a lot of eyes are going to be on this man. And then even more eyes than normal because you have LeBron in L.A. And shout out to LeBron James, by the way, for giving his sneakers to that ball girl at the Grizzlies game. For him to even remember her, I know he's been in the league for a while, but for him to remember her being at the game and how she always supported him, that's, that's big. And he made her day by giving her those shoes. So I don't know what she's going to do with him, maybe display case, but the fact that he went out his way to do that, Something he didn't have to do. I know he's a millionaire over 100 times and all that shit, and he had the money, whatever. 
But I still think it's good to see players do that, to show they appreciate the fans and the people around the game who support them. So shout out to LeBron for that. But like I was saying, with LeBron being there, it's going to put even more light on the Lakers, and then one of those lights is going to shine directly on Lonzo Ball because, you know, the Lakers put, took, the second, took him with the second pick. And when the pick that high, there comes heavy expectations for fans, especially. Because we're expecting the guy that gets picked second to go in there and give you a million bucks a game because fans don't know the game. We don't. As much as we think we know or we want to know, we don't know the fucking game. That's it. Like, we can try to give our analysis or whatever, but we don't know like the guys on the inside. That's why those guys are on the fucking inside. Overall, I'm looking at Lonzo Ball, and I'm still thinking it's a good pick. And I'm thinking I have the same mindset that hopefully somebody around Magic Johnson has because I think he has faith in Lonzo and that he will develop. Now, he averaged, I want to say, maybe 10 points last year. 10 points, rebounds, like five or six rebounds and assists. And this is with more minutes last year. This year, he's doing pretty much the same thing. His shooting is awful. It is fucking terrible. The difference between UCLA and the Lakers, I think for him, it's all about comfort. I think that's all, that's all it is about comfort and being confident. What I'm seeing him do more now is he's driving now more with more authority, and he's not feeling bad about taking those shots. Like you can see last year, he was hesitant about it, and it's got to be on his, you know, his brain, him going out there and taking these shots and missing all the time. But I think having LeBron there, which I thought was going to ruin the chemistry, is actually going to be great for these kids. And I'm, I have no issue saying I was wrong for that, but it's going to motivate him to play better. He's going to learn going through some of the same shit LeBron went through. But just watching him look more comfortable and look more confident on the court I think it's going to pay dividends as long as they keep this group together. If they keep him in L.A., I think it'll work out. The thing with his dad has calmed down, so he's not getting so much media attention. But the spotlight is still going to be somewhat on him because he's still out there making plays with the best player on the planet. And my reasoning for feeling like he's going to do well in the league is because he has an intangible you can't teach when it comes to athletes. If you look at somebody... Let's say like Dwight Howard, right? Dwight Howard has every physical gift you need to play the game of basketball. One of the things they say about him that he doesn't have is the drive and the motivation because he wants to have fun. If you looked at, um, if you ever watched Ball in the Family or you looked at anything they showed of, you know, um, Lonzo Ball and his family and everything on, on TV, it was all about them saying, my boys just want to play ball. My boys just want to play ball. They just want to play. If you look at how he plays the game versus somebody like Dwight Howard, who who I'm convinced likes the game, but the media's perception of him is that he doesn't, he's not as into it as he should be with all those physical gifts. Lonzo's 6'6", like a buck 90. He's tall, he's athletic, but he's not a physical presence, like say like a LeBron or say like a even a Kevin Durant, Brandon Ingram with that long, ridiculous reach like Trevor Reeves or somebody like that, or even like Chris Paul who's like the prototype point guard. He doesn't have like a really like 
thick build. He's not hyper-athletic looking. He's long and lean, but he's not like long and lean like Durant long and lean, like Vince Carter long and lean. And I'm comparing him to them because he's 6'6". He's not, doesn't have like the hyper-athletic body. What he does have is the intangible of the drive to play. And anybody that's a point guard that willingly goes and gets rebounds, that willingly goes and guards every fucking position on the court, that guy wants to fucking play. So whether he's a glue guy or a star, somebody like Lonzo Ball is good for the team. Now, I will say his shooting is terrible and it fucking needs to improve. But that's one of those things that you can develop. You can change the shot over time. Or he can make his shot more consistent. But that's something you can develop as an NBA player. If you don't believe me, Jason Kidd did it. Luke Rashard and Bob Mute, who was known for just defense, developed a three-point shot. MJ had to, to develop a jumper. LeBron had to, to develop his jumper. There's a lot of guys that had to, to actually go out and develop that jump shot. So it's something that can be done. And then I think with him having knee surgery in the offseason, they kind of took some time away from that. But with this next season, it should improve. Or he's going to find different, different ways to score. There's people in the league that are not scorers. Like Tristan Thompson only scores really around the basket. But he had to develop that top of the key jumper like like, uh, Tim, like Tim Duncan. Even Udonis Haslam had to he developed that little jumper. It's just something that comes with time and comes with being a pro. But if you're giving me eight points, five rebounds, and five assists a game, I'm not mad. And this is on the team with LeBron James who usually dominate, he dominates those fucking categories. And I'm going to go out on the limb and say that's probably why Lonzo's numbers ain't a little bit better. But it's a good problem because now we have somebody there that can mentor him through the process of developing and show him how to treat his body and show him that the process of going through developing your game and developing more offensive weapons and, and driving to the basket more with confidence. Because LeBron, he's, he's the type of guy that's going to encourage other guys to do shit. All Lonzo has to do is step the fuck up. Now, what the Lakers do like is a fucking killer. And maybe that's what Brandon Ingram's going to be. But somebody help me out and tell me what's going on with my Bulls. They get marketing back, great. He's back a couple games to get blown out by whatever 133 to 77 is or whatever the fuck the score was. That's goddamn ridiculous. You fire your coach during the season. This is why I don't understand front offices and I maybe I'm not meant to understand. You get a coach, you go out and you get Hoiberg. He's good with guard foreman. You go out, you get him, bring a college coach to the NBA. Not as an assistant, as a head coach. Whatever. Give him the ranks of the franchise and you start trading guys that don't fit his system. Trade, trade, trade. Now you have nobody. You plan to tank. Okay, you start getting guys. You get guys just for the system. That's what that's what the that's what the Bulls are telling everybody. We're getting guys for the system. We expect high draft picks, whatever. Cool. Then a few games into the season, you fire the guy. <laughs> I know it's a it's a long season. There's time to get back on track. But like, what's the purpose? What's the purpose of doing that? It's another one of these things I don't get. Like, even in um, Jacksonville, my Jaguars, now they're talking about they're going to move on from Blake. Cool. 
I hope whatever they do works out. And I'm saying this as a fan who has a love for the team, a love of the game. I hope whatever they do works out. Because I know when you go QB hunting, it just don't always work out. It don't always work out. If you, and I'll give you a perfect example, the Jacksonville fucking Jaguars. They missed on several QBs. And now the one guy they got into an AFC Championship game, they're going to move on from. So are they going to get Eli? Because I'm pretty sure he's done in New York. There's another name. I, damn it, I can't remember the other name somebody threw out that may go to Jacksonville. Eli and another older quarterback. Was, I think they said maybe Big Ben. I could be wrong about when these guys' careers start to slow down and it's over. It's just like, damn, what's the point? And I'm, I'm talking right now about the Bulls, but with the, with the Jags, I understand. The Jags, I kind of get it. He's been there for a while. He's getting paid a lot of money. Cut the umbilical cord, okay. Have a plan. Have somebody in mind. And whoever they get needs to start right the fuck away. Cody Kessler, you can hold it down for a little bit, but you're just holding that spot for whoever we draft in like the first through third round. Because if you can't get a QB in the first and the third round, then you're really grabbing somebody you plan on developing. If that's what you're going to do, cool. But I would say grab two. And you might as well lose the games for the rest of the season. But, uh, yeah, my sports year is going to be terrible. I don't know what the fuck's going on in Florida State with losing recruits. Damn it. Come on, Willie. Come on, Willie. We just lost Walt Bell, our offensive coordinator. Shit. Well, maybe he needed to go. He was one calling bogus-ass plays. Maybe it's good he's out of there. And uh, in quick, go get my belt news. That's right. Go get my motherfucking belt, bitch. Margaret Geisinger, Geisinger, maybe. However you say her last name. This teacher was on video forcefully cutting a student's hair while singing the Star Spangled Banner. I don't know what's going on in California. I'm not from that part. I don't live in that part. That Central Cali. She was arrested, and uh, she was fired. The video's crazy. She's cutting a chunk out of this guy's hair and throwing it behind her. Then I guess she went to grab this girl's hair, and all the kids ran out of the classroom. I don't know what the fuck is going on with people, but get help if you need it. The last thing we need is a fucking deranged teacher in the school full of kids running around with goddamn scissors. But, uh... Margie, Margaret Geisinger, go get my goddamn belt. Shout out to my homie Eddie for submitting that um, story. Appreciate it. And one thing I, that was going on in my crazy, crazy mind that I was thinking about was like my, my, my mind full of fantasies. Like, shit, I just want to see. I was talking about movies with one, one of the bros, and I was like, I would like to see, I don't know if it's like a fight, celebrity death match, or just a mashup of Leroy the Last Dragon and Pootie Tang. Just a mixture. I don't know what I mean by that, but just something with them two together in the same space, I just want to see it. I'm ridiculous that way. Anyway, make your next day your best day. Be better tomorrow than you were today, man. I'm on Apple. I'm on Google. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Twitter, NoPlay247, capital N, lowercase O, capital P-L-A-Y, NoPlay247. I'm on the Facebooks. 
I'm on all that shit, man. Hit me up. Let me know how I'm doing. Tell your friends to tell all your goddamn friends. Hopefully, you guys are getting your Christmas shopping done. I'm halfway there. I'm halfway there with the Christmas shopping shit. And um, I'm going to be taking a break here soon. I don't know if I'm going to do it on the Christmas holiday time frame or before that. But there will be a gap in the podcast. So, my bad. But I will be back. Just so you know. I figure I put it out there. So, be easy out there. Show love to one another. Be better than me because I'm trash. Peace.